It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner, joined by Chad Brendel of BearcatJournal.com and Rick Roaring from MusketeerReport.com. Welcome to this edition of the Skinny Podcast, sponsored by Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati. It's the College Basketball Edition. I'm hey, Richard Skinner, hey. Local12.com Digital Sports Commons and Editor with Chad Brendel of Bearcat Journal and Rick Roaring of Musketeer did you, Report. Did you get your brakes fixed yet? No, not yet. Break check is what you need. Yeah. Um, let's hop right into it. We're, we're doing this on a Thursday morning. It's the morning after the night after Xavier took its uh, yearly butt whipping at, at Villanova. Rick, you, you, I mean, you, you called it last week that, that Xavier's going there and, and, and they're going to lose and they're going to lose by a big margin. They got boat raced again. Um, I guess that's not the alarming part because it is Villanova. This is an annual thing. They always bounce back from this annual thing, but... I think it's the trend of this Xavier team defensively and Trayvon Blewett just continuing to struggle. Yeah, I mean, if your concern is that, oh, no, they got their butts kicked and now they're going to fold and their confidence is shaking because they lost at Villanova, we've got four years of prior history to suggest that this game really doesn't mean anything to what's going to happen or how good Xavier is or anything else. If your concern is... Last night, you had the spotlight shown on exactly what's been plaguing Xavier when we felt like they haven't been playing their best, and you don't know when Trayvon Blewett is going to be right, and you're concerned about what happens until he does get right. Eh, that's a legitimate concern. I've, I've flipped. I, defense, defense, defense. Their defense is the problem. I'm with you. This team is not going to be good defensively. They're not built to beat teams defensively. Not, they never have. They're not going to be good defensively in any way, shape, or form. It's time to stop worrying about defense. Yeah, I mean, they, they were They've got to beat you with offense, yeah. and right now their offense stinks. Yeah, and you're not, but you're not going on the road. You can do that on neutrals. You're not going on the road and beating somebody 92-90. You're just not a good team. You're not doing I mean, that. they basically did it at Marquette, which Marquette a may not team. be a great team. Okay, I mean, right. They're going to be good, in the tournament. I'll give you a good team. All right, that, that part's a good team. Yeah, but, but, but you're just not going to do that. You're but, not doing that to Villanova. They're not built to get stops. Well, Providence scored on, what, 11 consecutive possessions? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, not a lot of teams are going to win at Villanova, period. Agreed, right. No, agreed. If Xavier is going to win at Villanova, they're going to do it in 89-87 to 87 fashion. That's how they beat teams. It's hard to do, man. On the road, that's hard to do. It but might be hard, but it's what they do. At least it's what they do when Trayvon Blewett and J.P. McKira are their go-to right, players. Well, let's touch on Trayvon Blewett. Well, is, is it completely physical? Is it just... Everybody goes through a stretch in a season like this. The minutes start to add up. The time starts to add up. The injuries are a part of it. I mean, there's a lot of a little, a lot of a little things, for lack of a better term. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to tell. I, I guess there's kind of two options here. One is there is more significant injury stuff going on than he's letting on, than Xavier's letting on. Maybe they don't want NBA scouts to know that he's dealing with some stuff, and they don't want that out there. But you would think. At the end of the season, he's going to have to get whatever that is fixed, or they're going to find out about it anyway. So that doesn't seem very likely. It's certainly not. I know, like some fans are saying, should they just be sitting him down? Because if if he's is hurt, then he needs to rest it, and he's just making the matters worse. I can tell you that's not the case. Because if Chris Mack had the option to sit Trayvon Blewett for yesterday's game, like he thought there was a legit reason to do it, he would have one hundred percent right did it right perfect like this, time perfect time to do it right that's the exact game you rest Trayvon Blewett for. Um, also, the the doctors, everyone else. I mean, Trayvon, his family, because of and for what those they, that are wondering why you say that, I, I just 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 
expound on that. I know what you're talking about of, of it being the perfect time. People are probably listening. Go, Wait, you're not going to beat Villanova, Villanova with, with without Trayvon Blue. Not going to beat him with him. But that's the point. That's and you point. and you put on your tournament resume, Trayvon Blue did not did play. not play. Correct. Yeah, Correct. and it's the. I mean, you've gotten your butt kicked every time you've gone there. You kind of not that Chris Mack should be expecting to get his butt kicked, and I'm sure he doesn't take that approach. But from a coaching staff's perspective, it's a great game to rest a guy. Sure. Sure. Um, because it's really easy to say, ah, that, that one didn't quite matter. They got us when we weren't at our best. We'll get them when they come back to our gym. It's really easy to tell your guys that. And like Chad said, it's really easy to sell that on a, on a tournament resume. Um, I mean, I just think with Trayvon, if it, if it was an injury-related thing, the doctors, his family, himself, the coaching staff, they would all sit him out if that was the logical choice. I don't think it's as much physical. Chris Mack said last night after the game that he's healthy and that he just needs to know that his coaches and teammates have a lot of confidence in him. So he clearly seems to be pushing that it's more of a mental thing and he's struggling with confidence. If For that to be the case, is it's sort of hard to believe at this point of, yeah. of his career. And, and yeah, guys do go into some funks like this from time to time. I guess the question is how much longer does it last? Because if it lasts much longer, it's a pretty rare thing. Yeah, that, I mean... It, it doesn't look like he's going as downhill as much, maybe. Maybe it feels like he's settling a little bit more again. And when he got really good last year, he was coming downhill at times and getting himself to the foul line. Now he got himself to the foul line a few times on Saturday and even then couldn't even make free throws, for goodness sake. So, I mean, when he was when two that, for five on Saturday and one for five last yeah, night, so when with that a stuff, couple front ends. When man. that stuff starts happening, so, there, there's a funk of some kind going on. Yeah. Well, I mean, without question. And it's just, like you said, He's doing some similar things that he does when he when he's going well, like shooting fadeaways and step backs and stuff like that. And people are going, oh, he's taking terrible shots. It's like, well, those are the shots he oftentimes makes when he's going well. The issue is he's not getting the separation he normally does. He's not shooting those shots in the same rhythm and, and with the same. He just doesn't look right. Everything it looks a little forced. It looks a little rushed. It looks sped up. And he just doesn't look like he's himself. Is he playing the three too much? I mean, regardless of whether that's the case, which we can talk about in a second, because I, I think maybe they should change the lineup a little bit going forward. That's not the issue, I don't think. Like, could it help him potentially? Maybe, but most teams, like Villanova, is going to stick Mikhail Bridges on him. No regardless. matter where he's playing. Yeah. Like, you can put Najee Marshall in at the three and him at the four, and they're still going to guard Pascal. They're going to put Pascal on Najee Marshall and put Mikhail Bridges on Trayvon Blewett. So it's not like you're, you're necessarily going to put him at the four. And but not every team's Villanova. No, but they're but 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 pretty much every team that's been the case, they're going to get he's going to get their best perimeter defender. That's the way it is, and they're going to do stuff. So I don't think that's the issue. Now, what should Xavier do about this and is there any changes that should be made? Look, some people are suggesting take out one of JP or Trayvon because you can't play them both when they're not scoring well because <laughs> Dude, defense. What the <laughs> hell are you why the hell would you do that? I mean, what are we talking about with that? You know what I mean? Like you've got two of the greatest players in Xavier program history and, and let's bench one of let's them. Let's bench one a of little them. bit of a slump. We we only need twenty minutes a game from each of them because we don't want them playing together. And, and but, with but JP, I'm not sure what the lineup tweak could be, though. I really well, don't. Well, I, I know what it is. Najee for Kaiser. Yeah, yeah it, Kaiser Gates is giving them nothing. And, and quite honestly, like earlier in the year, people were talking about him maybe being an NBA prospect, and uh, he was playing pretty well. He had the really good UC game, and, and people were at a fever pitch with, oh, Kaiser Gates is so much improved. But qu since then, he's really kind of fallen back to the Kaiser Gates we've seen last year, which is inconsistent. Sometimes he brings it and he rebounds well, and he's a tough defender, even if he's not hitting shots. And other times it's just kind of like, well, he's just a spot-up three-point shooter who's not hitting shots tonight. And he has to be a guy who contributes 
as a rebounder, as a defender, as a guy who brings toughness and, and those glue type stuff when he's not making threes. Otherwise, he can't be on the court for 30 minutes a game. And, and Najee Marshall is starting to give them those other things, even though he's inconsistent and up and right. down. I think it might do them some some good to get him on the court more often. For now and for the future. Like, right. The, the more I watch, Najee Marshall might be the future of that program. And I, no, I don't might, think there's any question. Might is probably soft. Like, that's probably not a strong enough word. Um, you might as well get him as much run as possible with Trayvon and JP still around to get him into that mindset. And yeah, and he played well in the one game that he started for Trayvon. He played really well when he got that start, so I don't think it's going to be a situation where that screws him up or he it's too big for him. And on the flip side, at this point, give give dangle the carrot for Kaiser Gates. Give him a reason to, to turn to it up want, a yeah, to, and, yeah, to want to say I want my minutes back. Yeah, I mean, because at this point, I don't know what else you can do to get more out of Kaiser. They've done everything. They've given him plenty of confidence. He's He's gotten enough shots. He knows his role well enough. It's been clearly defined for him. At this point, you've got to do something to try to get more out of him, and I don't know what that would be other than maybe sitting him out a little bit. And maybe you got the two-game home stretch coming up. you got Creighton on Saturday and then St. John's. Maybe it is a good time to put Najee Marshall in in a home game, a little more comfortable environment, all of those things, maybe starting this weekend. Yeah, and and I think it's possible. And, and look, it, it's never a good idea, in my opinion, to start guessing what coaches should be doing in terms of personnel and who should be playing or not because – as you know, when you're in there every day with guys in practice, right. you know who should be playing and who shouldn't, and so do all the players. Right. It's not usually guesswork to figure out the lineup. Everyone knows what it should be. So I'm not saying this is what they should do, but if there were any tweaks that I would make, that's the one I'd look at. Well, they do have a two-game home stretch here, as I mentioned, Creighton and St. John's. It is a chance. It's funny. You see, they're 3-2. and two. Feels like the sky's falling. You lose the Villanova. You win those two home games, which you should win. You're back to five and two, and you're right back in a race that's going to be this, a race of a team that's going to lose probably at least three or four games to win the league. This Creighton game is a huge. It game is a for huge X game because they can score yep. big time. Score. I think the game after it's even bigger, um, just because the Creighton one's another one that you can theoretically lose and it's not going to kill you. Now it doesn't feel good, and from a psychological standpoint, it's be not three going in a row. to be, yeah, be good. three in a row. But I don't. I'm not concerned like that. Oh, this team's going to lose a few games in a row and fold. So I think the game after that is the one that I think is the biggest, just because all of a sudden then you start getting into now your resume is really changing and now you are dropping multiple seed lines and and it's getting into a situation where you're going to be looking at you know no, you're not an eleven seed necessarily yet like last year. A wounded struggling St. John's. Yeah, wounded struggling St. John's is is a is an absolute win. Well, you can take them off the bubble now because Marcus Levette is not coming back. Right, and that's the thing like. All the UC fans are mad about me saying that they were on the bubble last week. If Marcus Levette, Marcus Levette came back, who is their second best player, maybe even their best player, comes back and they reel off six straight wins in the Big East and happen to pop Xavier, which, by the way, there's a good chance they can still do that even without him because they present matchup issues for the Musketeers, they'd be right back in the bubble. And they were still getting votes even after the DePaul loss as 11 seeds and everything else when you look at bracket matrix. So... They're, they're off the bubble now that Levette's coming back, but that's what I was talking about last week when talking about with them. It's the same thing you were talking about early in the season with UCF and B.J. Taylor. Like, if you get your best player back and you start playing like a different team, yeah, and they you take have that to win. into account. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that you're taking into account that they have to win and that they were going to win. So, I mean, it's not like you're saying they're going to keep losing and get in, for goodness sakes. They would have had to win, and, and for St. John's, they're just in trouble. I, I do want to do this in each league, so let's do the Big East real quick. At this point, it's, it's obviously earlier, about a third of the way through the conference schedule. Who is the most surprising team? to you 
I think St. John's is probably the most surprising. Well, I was going to give you the most disappointing, too. They're, oh, they're okay. probably the most disappointing. So you mean surprising in a good yeah, way. Yeah, sorry. Um, Marquette. Yeah. I think it's got to be Marquette just because they've been way more consistent than I expected to expected them to be. I thought they'd be more like last year where it's like, okay, great. When they're shooting 50% from three and they score 95 or 100 points, they can beat a good team occasionally. But they're getting it done enough at both ends to where they're playing with pretty much everyone they play against. They're not having near the inconsistency issues that we saw last year, and they've gotten they're, a little bit better defensively. Their bigs are better than... They're not good, but they're, they're better, better than people thought, or that maybe we thought that they were going to be. They're they're at least giving them something. Well, and they're getting a lot out of their two freshmen, Greg Elliott and. and well, uh, how about Paul that Kane. dunk Greg Elliott had the other night? Impressive. Oh, he's and and that's what they needed. They needed some guys that gave them energy and toughness and competitiveness on both ends, and that's what those two guys are giving them. Skinny Greg Elliott was maybe one of the most interesting scouts I think we've ever had, because the kid was a hundred and twenty pounds. And looked like a 12-year-old, but played like he was 240 pounds. Just going at people? Oh, he just he, he was relentless. I mean, he'd scrap. He'd mix it up. He, I mean, he fought, scratched, and clawed, and literally looked like a 12-year-old. Well, and more importantly, the hardest part of the, the evaluation is he legitimately was not like a talented kid. He was like maybe a three-star. And he just played really hard. None of his, none, nothing about his skill set stood out. He wasn't a great shooter, wasn't a great ball handler, he wasn't a point guard, he wasn't necessarily a big time scorer. He just played really hard and competed. And we're already seeing defensively that competitiveness is making a difference. And he's just giving them energy. He, he was an interesting one because it was hard to put your finger on like what, why somebody would. We both thought if I was X or UC, I would take a shot on him. But it was it was understandable why he wasn't ranked, right. why he wasn't considered a top recruit, and why he'd slipped a little bit. But I liked him more than Jamal Kane. They played too. together on the same AAU team. They ended up going to both to go into Marquette. But Xavier was recruiting them both, and I actually liked Elliott better than Kane, who was the four star prospect that was getting more love. Same here. All right, most disappointing team in the Big East. It's easy to point the finger at St. John's. I guess they are, but the injuries really have been a factor there. Yeah, I mean, losing Levette is just an absolute killer for them. At the same time, I still think they are good enough to win some of these games. And my guess is what's going to happen is, after all these losses, they're still going to sneak up and probably pop Xavier once and maybe get one of these other teams that are towards the top. And and, and the problem is for some of those mid-tier teams, you know, the Marquettes, the right. Butlers, they that's might the get popped that, yeah, too. That's the one that gets them. Yeah. And they can't afford that. So um, it, it, they're probably the most disappointing because I do think they're fairly talented and, and a scary team to play, but they just cannot get a win without yeah, Levette. 0-5 in the league, for goodness sakes. All right, UC uh, kind of had a little bit of a lull here, almost a week off after the Sunday game. They don't play till Saturday against South Florida. They and that's a buy. UCF. After that, that is a, a buy. They're at least not. Uh, they're at least under the 300 level in RPI now, so good for them. They've, they've crept into that territory. But 7-10 and 10 overall, 0-4 in the league. Um, but with UCF on the horizon, how much of this is just go take care of business, and it may be an ugly 12, 13, whatever point win it is. It's just not going to be maybe the type of win you'd like them to go get. Well, I, I know one thing. I know Mick Cronin hates two-game road trips, but because of the way this is set up, he couldn't really avoid it. Right, right. So there's going to be a two-game road trip. The reason he hates them is because that second game is always kind of tough to get your team fully focused. Um, the last time I think that he took one was a Florida trip. And they ended up, I don't know if you remember this or not, but it was when USF was having their gym remodeled and Stan Heath was there and they were decent. 
made the and, tournament one year under Stan Heath, right? Yeah, and they lost, I think, 45-43 or 41-40. Just ugly. Lost by one point. They were playing in, one, in the hockey arena. You know, it was a noon game on a Sunday and just ridiculous, and they ended up losing it. And since then, he has not taken a two-game road trip. Um, but they're taking one now, and talk about a, a perfect time to get out. I yeah, think no doubt. Get out of this area, for they're sure. They're getting out tomorrow morning, right. tomorrow early afternoon, and going down to Florida for five, four days. And uh, UCF, man, I tried to watch some of them last night in between. The, their game was on at 7. Xavier came on at 8. I watched the first half and then went back and forth a little bit in the second half. <coughs> that offense is abysmal. <coughs> My God, it's terrible. I mean, dreadful. And, and yes, B.J. Taylor's not back. Maybe it's a situation where he comes back for UC because they keep saying he's day-to-day and he's going to come back, and he hasn't come back yet. But if he comes back for Cincinnati, how much rust is there? Right. He hasn't played all season. Yeah. Um they are so, so bad offensively, and it it's a shame because defensively they're one of the better teams in the country, but that offense is just dreadful, and you're looking, every game is going to be 40 to 40 at five minutes left, right. and, and they don't even, you know, we, Rick and I were talking. I before. saw their margin at one point in the second half, I think they were down eight, and I thought that's, that's, that's monumental. That's 30 right. for them. You know, we were talking, it's. Like you see five years ago, the game was 45-40. Every game was 45-45 with five minutes left. The difference is you see had Sean Kilpatrick, and they, Sean was going to outscore you 8-2. to two Down the stretch. Down the stretch, yeah. and UC was going to win. UCF doesn't have that. Now, maybe eventually B.J. Taylor is that, but I can't imagine he's that in his first game back, if it's his first game back. Um, one of the weird things that's happening this year, Skinny, I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but every team UC plays – loses the game before UC plays them. That, that is uncanny. It is, it's remarkable. It, absolutely, you know, like a perfect example was, was SMU. Right. Now they dump-trucked SMU, and now SMU's reeling after their 33-game home winning streak was snapped by Temple last night. Yep. What the hell is this conference doing? Well, we're, we're going to get to that here in a second. Um, but it, it, every game UC plays, the team they play is coming off a loss. So now you, uh, UCF is going to have a week. Basically, they're six days. So they don't play in between. I didn't even know. No, that. they, they don't, don't play, play this weekend. Okay. So, so they're okay. going to six days to get in the gym and get nasty, right? And and be ready for the Bearcats to come in Tuesday yeah, that, night. That game will be in the forties. Yeah, somehow, some way. Yeah, fifty-one forty-nine. Yeah, there you go. There you go. You'll take it as long as you see on the on the fifty-one side of that program. All right, let's look at let's look at the at the league. Do we have to? Um, what are they doing? What are they doing? I mean, you're you're now down to what amounts to two definitive NCAA tournament teams. Yeah. The two definitive that we knew from the get go, and the hope of Houston maybe rallying into a third spot, right? And, can, and SMU, uh, SMU could, could still, still rally, rally, but, but they look bad right terrible. now. Bad, really bad right now. Um, I mean, you had a well. It's it's not a soft landing spot because Temple does have enough dudes to to do what they did. Um, but not on the road. I mean, not not in your not build. at Moody. Not in your build. Not yeah, with not Temple on a five not game losing streak. Yeah, not when you're coming off that loss. That, that back to back losses. Right, that shouldn't happen. No, it should not, not happen. Not if you're an NCAA level team. Right, absolutely. And the good news is, Skinny, I'm probably not going to have to eat my shoe because I said on Twitter back in November, December that if this conference got four teams in the tournament, I would eat my shoe. You're not going to have to eat your shoe. I'm Rick, not going to have to eat his shoe. No, they're closer <laughs> to two than four. Yes. Yeah, I, three is going to be fortunate at this point in time, and right now I think that is on Houston. Yeah, it is on Houston. Yeah, 
I mean, their only loss was to Wichita, I believe, at Wichita, right? It was not at home, I don't believe. It was at, I think it was at Wichita, and it was a bloodbath. It was, but yeah, but still. It, it's possible SMU could rally, but it'll be at the expense of somebody else. Yeah. Houston, probably. Right, you right know, correct, so. correct. Um, so as we look at this, the, 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 the most disappointing team in the league, and there's probably a number of candidates for oh. that. <laughs> I, I, you probably, I mean, and, and they won last night, but you probably have to go Temple, I would think, because... They at least they've got those they've wins. Got some good wins. They've got some good wins and they've got some terrible losses. They've got wins over Auburn and Clemson, yeah. and they are the only two teams. Those teams have only lost, lost to Temple. Yes, they've each lost one game. So you've got the 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 positive that should be there, and that was a second weekend of the season neutral site event that they knocked both of those off, and they've been abysmal since then until last night. And I mean, you've got the 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 AAC coach of the year, like you should, you should be better. You've got a senior point guard. You've got two wings that can score. You've got a big guy that can stretch the floor and shoot. You've got a, a, a guy in uh, a flak P that, that should be, you know, rim protector, rebounder, tough guy. They've got the parts that say they should be okay. And they've just not, it hasn't come together for them at all. All right. So we go back to this thing question. It's still very early for this. I know, but then what does all this do to UC seed line? Well, it, it doesn't change a whole lot because they're still in line for good metrics from the league. You know, if you if you go and look at the RPI, the metrics aren't terrible. So this like and it's what we've talked about. This isn't a situation like last year where the only two teams with good metrics were UC and SMU, and then you had Houston kind of hovering yeah, between were, yeah. 48 and 52 in right. the RPI. But that was it. After that, everybody else was below 100, and you couldn't get anything well, and, from anybody. And, and sadly, you had, what, three in the mid to high 200s yeah. last year? You don't. You have two this year. Two this year. And and it's, it's weird because you're just going to end up having a lot of teams that are between 50 and 80 or right. 50 and 90. And the, you know, with the, the new pods – you go on the road and get top 75 wins, that's a tier one win. As long as they creep into that spot. Yeah, but there, there should be three or four teams outside of UC and Wichita that are in the top 75. Well, Houston SMU are right now. Yeah, and you would think uh, Temple is, is Temple's way up in Tem the RPI. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Temple is too. Temple's 45. So if you win, you know, they've got the win at Temple. Um, if you win at Houston, if you win at SMU, then all of a sudden you're you know, right now UC's got as many tier one wins as anybody in the country. I don't, I don't think people realize that, but they're four and two against that first tier, and the only other team with four wins is Duke. And and the thing is, they've. I was gonna, I was just gonna say that one. They've already piled up some, which they in the past they didn't have right. that. They didn't have the tier one wins already piled up by this point of the season. They were like, hey, we need some big wins, and, and can't get them. Left yeah. There's none left of SMU. Get, yeah. This year, they've already got some piled up, and they've still got a handful of games left that are going to be big, you know, games not only on the road but even at home this year. So, from a metric standpoint, this really doesn't impact UC the way it has in the past. They are in a really good spot still. The rest of the conference just is kind of screwed. Most uh, Wichita most, State's still in a good spot. Yeah, yeah. No, well, I yeah. mean, of course yeah. they are, but most I'm saying the, the other the, the mid-tier yeah. teams are now screwed. Well, there's no the conference is good enough to still beat up on each other there in there's that. No collusion. Tier. Like UCF can't lose to UConn. SMU can't lose to Temple. That's where the, that's where the league needs to step in and help. That 
And what about Tulane losing to Memphis? Can you, your oh. boys, can you believe that? I think they, they were good. I think they, they were bad. No, they're I've, better offensively. Offensively. They scored 89 points. They're better offensively. Offensively was my argument with them. Letting Memphis score in the 90s, that's a bad look. That's a That's a look. bad look. They almost, <laughs> almost gave up 100 to points. Memphis. To a team that couldn't have scored, a, they couldn't have scored seventy five against Cincinnati State the weekend that they were in town. Maybe Tubby changed his style of play. Well, I know Tubby from what the, you could hear Tubby almost in the media room at BB and T Arena after that game, challenging some manhood. And they've played better since. They then. have. They um, have. Well, but and, they're bad. And, they're 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 not as bad as Cincinnati made them look. Yes, yeah, played really well. But they're bad. Yes. You don't walk into BBNT and expect to play well. No, you just don't do that in Highland Heights, Kentucky. I mean, that's why Anybody. they've got. That's why no they've got. Who's the home team in that gym? That's right? why they've got the longest home win streak in the country. There you go. They're, that's why they're the best team in Kentucky. Who is the Cincinnati Bearcats? <laughs> they might actually. They might be. <laughs> All right, who's the most surprising team though in in, in the league? If there is no, one, I mean Houston, I guess. Tulsa. It, that's got to be Tulane, right? Tulane? Until yeah, last night, yes, it was Tulane. Uh, you you give up 95 to Memphis, I have to take you off my most You're surprising list. list. That's the surprise, <laughs> is that you gave up 90 to Memphis. So there's, there's the surprise. Um, Tulsa maybe, yeah, but they haven't. See, this is where the league gets a little bit interesting um, because they've done some protecting of the top teams right. in terms of not UC doesn't play. Um, the lower tier, the lower tier teams yeah. twice, which I think is smart. It's very smart. But what happens is now you get a team like Tulsa in the middle that can win some of those. That's loading games, up on games. all those games yeah. against USF and ECU. And ECU. Um, so I, I'm not shocked by Tulsa being where they're at. I still don't think they're really all that good, but their record suggests that you know they they look better than maybe people would have expected them to. I guess they're in third place based uh, yeah, on record. In the in the, in the um, but is there, like, what's the surprise? The surprise? The, 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 Memphis the, could finish over 500? Maybe the biggest surprise is, is SMU just falling off a cliff yeah. over the past week and week, a half. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that was... That was Mick Cronin's big thing back in the Big East days when UC was in the Big East is you're 10 days away from a three-game losing streak because of the way your schedule sets up or whatever. You shouldn't be 10 days away from a three-game losing streak when two of those three games are at um, Tulane and, and Temple home, at home. And to- home to Temple. That should not be right. the recipe for a three-game losing streak. And theoretically, Xavier's only two days away from a three-game losing streak. <laughs> Very no, true. That's, that, that is true, too. All right, let's talk. Six last year. Yeah, and that was after a three-game losing streak and four or five earlier in the non-conference. And, and, the, the, and conference. the sky was falling. We saw how that turned out. Yeah. So Let's talk Horizon League for a second. NKU, we are doing this on a Thursday morning. They have a, have a uh, showdown for first place with Wright State on got, Thursday night. Is this, is this even going to get up today, or are you going to go home and At straight BB&T to sleep? Arena. No, this will be up. I'll edit the podcast first, but I'll be going on a little Yeah, and I, I don't really want to touch on this game because we just don't have a lot of shelf life for it, but I do want to touch on, on kind of for that league as well. You follow it as closely as anybody does. The, the most disappointing and most surprising team in the Horizon League at this point. Most disappointing has to be Oakland, right? You think? I mean... Are they zero and four? No, they're two and three, but oh. still, two I mean, it's pretty just, bad. But losing three games this soon for that team is absurd, quite yeah. honestly. And there's really no excuse for any of the losses except for the home loss against NKU. Right. They have enough but, talent to be third in the American. Heck, they might be third in the American playing the way they are. <laughs> they have enough talent to be second in the American. 
They're, they might be better than Wichita State. I'm wow. kidding. Watch out. Watch out. Relax. Easy Relax. shockers. Relax. the shocker fans. Easy shocker shockers. nation. I'm kidding. No, you're not. But yes, you are. Only a little bit. Only a little bit, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no. I mean, Oakland's definitely the biggest disappointment. And, and the biggest surprise is Wright State, just the fact of what they've, they've got out of the gate 4-0. I still don't quite believe that. They, I know you don't. I, they're I playing really well. I don't believe they're as talented as Oakland and NKU are, so I don't know that this lasts. I think they have a handful more losses. But... Yeah, I mean, Wright State definitely has to be the biggest surprise. You know, and you look at NKU, and they still have to obviously go back to Wright State, but they've already got the Oakland game in hand, and you start looking in the league, and I, I just don't see a lot of losses for them. I mean, it's going to have to be back to them kind of slipping up, like we were talking like earlier. Like they almost in the year, did like, Detroit. I mean, yeah, on, and, and on, just, on the second end of that Oakland trip, you know, it was Oakland and Detroit back to back, get the big win on a Friday night, come back on a Sunday, play lowly Detroit, kind of sleepwalk through it, but still, hey, to the I credit, mean, found a way to win. You take a trip to Milwaukee and Green Bay. That's a tough back-to-backer, baby. It's and, a long drive. And that, that's the it's, it's exactly like the Detroit game, right? And now, granted, they had guys sick and everything else for the Detroit game, so that might be a little bit different. But it's, it's what we've been talking about with this team, handling the maturity and understanding that everyone is going to give you their best shot, whether it's on the road, at home, whether you feel good, they feel good. There's 400 people in the gym and a fat dude in overalls reading a book like there was at Detroit or not. You're going to get someone's best shot, so you better come right. What book was he reading? I do not know. It might have been Fire and Fury. How about that? Yeah. Well, I mean... Just reading up on our country. Exactly. I think it was Jay Billis' toughness. The Trumpster. Good good, good work by that guy. In overalls, right? Yeah, in some overalls. It was a great look. look. Like T-shirt under him, or was it just overalls? No, he had, had like, a long flannel underneath. But um, they're just panning (laughs) the crowd on a cutaway out of timeout on the ESPN3 broadcast of that game. There he was. And and there's maybe 250, 300 people in the arena. Yeah, yeah. And he's, like, down in the lower section just reading a book. Big draw. No question about it. Yeah. There's going to be a big crowd tonight. Yes, I think there will be, too. Because I I think, actually, you'll get a a chunk of Wright State fans will make the little trick NKU is dominating the Horizon League in attendance, by the way. I believe that. Yeah. I mean, when you get 250 show... When you get 250 people showing up at uh, at Detroit games, they ain't exactly knocking it out of the park, are they? No. All those people in Anderson are like, hey, it's hey, easy it's to get over nice here. It. Yeah, this is pretty nice. Pretty nice arena. Come over. Have they done dollar beer night yet? That's tonight. Wow. Ooh. We have a big crowd tonight. Big crowd. Students are back on campus? Yes. Yeah. Dollar beer night? They're doing a tailgate beforehand. Should, should, be, be, a, should be a wild so night. So you're not BNT. sleeping today, are you? Maybe a little bit. Um, they, they, I those, do. Those dollar beers will knock them out about nine forty-five. <laughs> they're going to pan the ESPN yep, three cameras. Going to pan, rolling head down. <laughs> I have to work afterwards. I will oh, not be consuming. Okay, all right. Good luck. That's with unfortunate. That. <laughs> right, let's, let's talk about Kentucky. Got a win over Texas A&M after the loss at Tennessee. Um, after watching, I, I put that on DVR and watched a little bit of the second half. That that might have been two of the dumbest teams I've ever watched play a game ever. <laughs> that really might have been the, two the, the, that last two of the three minutes. The last watched. three minutes was. Insanity, dumb. How about the the, the last play, the foul that wasn't called? Well, he and I were talking. I was on the phone with him when it happened, and, and, and so I, I hadn't seen it at the time. It was I, a tackle. Okay, it was a foul. It was holding. Clearly, I thought it was a clip. Why are you throwing that? That's the dumbest pass in the world. It was a clip. You do not deserve to get that call just because of how stupid of a pass that is. I I, I don't disagree with you there because he would have caught it with like. Five tenths of a second. Well, well, and here's the thing: UK actually needed to hold him because he probably would have caught that pass and laid it in. So maybe it was right, a great pass. Right. But just the idea to throw that pass when you still had three and a half, four seconds to dribble up and getting normal shot was bananas. I mean, how does Doug show? Well, here's the thing: one, Doug shows is awful. 
it's Doug Shows. Shows. But but he is awful. Awful. But that, the part God we'll, awful. We'll agree on we'll agree on that part of the program. And he's been awful for a long dude. I covered the SEC from 1999 to 2003. He was refereeing then. He was awful then. He's not gotten any better in the last 15 years. How about he had his arm up, Skinny? He ran to the ball with his arm up and never blew the whistle. He called the foul. Right. Right. And just didn't blow the whistle. Maybe he's looking to tee up Mick Cronin again. He's bad. He God, bad. he's bad. He's really bad. I mean, he would have been a serious problem in that UCSMU game if that game was close. He made five or six calls in that game that were just like, "Oh, I believe it." What the hell are I you? It. What are you looking at? I, he's. I. There, there are some guys that leave you scratching their head. Wally Ratecki and him are the two that just make me scratch my head. Wally, you don't how have. Do they, how do they get games? You don't have much experience with uh, Broadway Bell. Well, Broadway Bow's another one too. That's a good point. I there there are there, there's a Wally Ratecki. I swear to God, every Xavier game I go to that I'm actually physically in attendance for, he's I there. feel like he's missed five to ten calls every one of those games. It's like, dude, are you like? refereeing another game on TV in your mind than the one you're currently watching? Seriously. Do you think he just watches the Jumbotron as he's running by yeah, and tries to make calls while he's... Yeah, I saw, I saw that. It's not, it's not my quadrant, but I see it on the TV. Don't give me the not my quadrant either. I can't stand that. Shut not, not, I, not my area. He doesn't deserve the respect for me to say his name right. Doug Shows. Doug Shows. I'm good with that. You can call him that if you want. By the way, Shea Gilgis-Alexander is UK's best player. He's played really well. I mean, he really is. I and mean, I don't even think it's like questionable. At this I forgot point. To, to mention, too, that Karim Kanner is Xavier's best player. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong about that. Right now. <laughs> we sit here right now over the last few games. And, absolutely and, is. And Shai Alexander is Kentucky's best player right Kentucky now. next, by the way, is Vanderbilt in South Carolina, so they get a chance to, to maybe extend that winning streak. My, my guy is starting to come on, P.J. Washington, who's the guy that I loved coming out of AAU. I, here's my question. When for he's you. not in foul trouble, he's playing well. Here's my question. Do you do they need to go move Knox to the four, put Washington at the five, and go small? Did you have no doubt in your mind that he was going to suggest someone needed to be moved from the three to the four right there? Well, we've been talking about Knox all along, but they've gotten. This is more about the five. I I think you might be right. The only thing is they're getting nothing from Nick Richards. Nothing. Yeah, yeah I, I guess the thing is they get a putback dunk every other game. Yay. You want the rim protection in the long run for this team. I think defensively. And if you just decide to go away from that now, it does limit your upside down the road. I mean, like, I think Nick Richards can still give them something as the season continues, but you got to stick with him. I'm not saying you're wrong for putting out the best lineup, but when you've got all that length and athleticism, it would be nice to get some rim protection out of that because that's something not a lot of teams have at an elite level in the country right now. He just hasn't provided much of it yet. I don't disagree, but... I, I love it. when this UK team is playing more dribble drive. Yes. Hamadou Diallo, Shea Gilgis Alexander, and Quade Green was out. But when he's back, I'd like him to play the two, Shea to play the one, and um, Hami at the three. Put Hami at the three and, and Knox at the four. And if you want to go PJ at the five, you can spread them I think all that's out. That's their best five. Come downhill. And, and just keep coming downhill because they are unselfish. They the, Hamadou Diallo and Shea Gilgis Alexander get into the lane. Anytime they want. Anytime, and, 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 finish. and finish. And finish. They're so athletic. Right. I, it, it just, it's kind of fun because it's, I mean, really, so much was made about the dribble drive offense when Cal came to Kentucky. He's and really we ran it like two years. We right. haven't seen it much right. at all, really, right. other than that John Wall team to where it was like really effective. 
this team, I think, can be really effective, like sort of like his Memphis teams were, running that dribble drive, just constantly attacking you downhill, coming downhill and then off kick the it and downhill, downhill again. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I love watching that. That is fun because to watch when a team does well. Because every you, guy you come to on, on, the, on the weave part of it or on the, on the curl part of it can, can come downhill. It's not like suddenly the ball stops right. to a guy where it's like, well, crap, it's in his hands. Now we got to reset this thing and go again. No, it's, it's, even, it's all of them. Even Knox and Washington have yes. went that route yes. can go downhill. No doubt. I was looking at the SEC, the, the most disappointing team at this stage. Bama? Probably. Arkansas? Florida? Florida's 4-0. Yeah, I mean, in SEC play they are, but before Got that... Got a huge win at Missouri. I mean, that was a big win to steal at Missouri. Big win to steal. I mean, they, I, they took down Mississippi State last night. Yes. I at look, home. I legitimately thought Florida was one of the five best teams in the I, country I did, early I did too, this and, year. And I know what you're saying. But, For but them to have four losses and a loss at home to Loyola, I just I, I know they're playing well right now in conference, but to it me, it feels I think like they've righted the ship, though. That, that that's the part for me. Maybe it's not. I mean, how right is it? They just barely beat Missouri at Missouri. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're just and they were not... down and they were down eight with five or six minutes to go and, and found a way to come back. I mean, that's great. I just I thought they were one of the best teams okay. in the country, and Fair I don't enough. think they're that anymore. So, yeah, I, I'm with you on that. And I think I mean for a while, we I think all three of us thought they were one of the best. I mean, the, the night after they played, the day after they played Duke, I think we did a podcast because they played on what a Sunday yeah. Sunday night game, and and actually should have won the game for goodness sakes. Um, and it looked like at that point that they arguably were one of the five best teams in the country. For a team to have Chris Chioza and just not be good defensively really is doesn't make a whole it lot doesn't of sense. make sense to me. It's um, shocking. I, I think I would go Alabama because I think Colin Sexton should be one of the most electric players in the country, and we're not seeing it. Right. Um, they've got a decent supporting cast. John Petty's good, um, and they're they're probably not going to make the tournament. They went to Georgia and just got howls the other night. <laughs> Are they going to make the tournament? Uh, no, no, not as we sit here today. No, no. I mean, they, I mean, they've they, got six losses. Yeah, already. they'd have to do. We're talking about they need to probably go with two or three losses at the most the rest of the way. They yeah. gave up sixty-five points at home to UCF. That's that's saying something. That's, that's like one hundred and fifty yeah. to normal that's an, teams. It's an explosion offensively, man. Uh, the most surprising team is, is it Auburn or is or is the jury still out on yes, Auburn? I, the jury's still out, but it has to be Auburn. They've got one loss. Yeah, fifteen and one, three and zero in the league. It has to be Auburn, without question. Tennessee at all in that in that category? Just They're close. They're close, but they've dropped a couple games they yep. probably shouldn't have. Yep. yep. Um, I, Rick Barnes has them playing really well. He does, especially at home. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, had Auburn not popped them by ten at Tennessee, then it'd be a different story. <laughs> yeah, I think no. I'd go with Tennessee, but considering what Auburn did to them at Tennessee, it's got to be Auburn for me. Yeah, fifteen and one and three and zero. All right, final take time for you, Chad Brown. You got anything for me? It's quiet in the country. You like that, don't you? It's, no. it's much you different. You like chaos. You like chaos. Um, you know what? 30-year-old 30, 30 me loved chaos. I, I've, 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 I've mature, gone to... Mature you does not like chaos. I've gone to Skinner out a couple times the last couple days and like been on the back deck at night. where it, it's, it's nice, isn't it? It's quiet and there's no... There's no bums out in front of my house. There's no bus stop with all the Cretans getting on and off the bus. See, you can see the stars. You can see the stars. There's a cow pasture in my backyard. An occasional moo in the background. So um, I'm I'm a different person now, Skinny. I'm wow. I'm changing. I, it's I'm much more calm. Uh, I'm not as jumpy from from living on a very busy street in a very busy city. 
Um, it's 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 been an interesting city of vice. It's been an interesting life change over the past week for me to adjust That's to. Good. They keep the heroin overdoses to the Kroger parking lot. Yes, and independence. Yes, and yeah, not your next door neighbor. Yeah. Yeah. Like you know the well, corner the guy. The guy on the, the other side's got the meth lab going. You're just hoping he doesn't blow you up along with himself. But, uh, the corner is not showing up at the guy that lives next door to take him away. Yes. Uh, like we had last yeah. month in yeah. Newport. So yeah, that's a good thing. It's uh, it's it it if my views seem a little softer, if I'm uh, not as if I'm not as um on the attack, it might be because Independence Kentucky has changed me. There you go. In a very short period of time, too. It's only been a week, and yeah. I, I'm much more calm. All right. That's yeah, we're, we're real worried about him finding his zen and becoming less irritated. That's that's a huge concern for you, this podcast. You, you wait. You wait till UC goes on the road and drops one to somebody they shouldn't <laughs> drop one to. Or we tell them they're offensively challenged again. We'll get him back. We'll get you back to your old self. We'll f- Rick Boring and I will find a way to do that, Chad. I trust that you can. Yes, indeed. I trust that you can. All right, you got final take time for me, big baller, small baller? I do. It, w- it was sent to me on Twitter, and um, it, I know this comes as a surprise after the, the story we had about my sweatshirt from the yeah, big the baller quality, brand. Yeah. Have you wa- by the way, band. have you washed it yet? No. Well, I'm just making sure that I just was one of You, go, you, you can't wash that ever, can you? I told you I get to wear it like two or three times, and then I think it's done. Like I don't think can you Febreze it? Can you Febreze it and put it in like the uh, the dryer, or is that even more dangerous for those uh, letters to peel off? I'm not doing that okay. either way. I'm not All doing right. that. Okay, but um, it's surprising to hear. But the Big Baller brand has earned an F from the Better Business Bureau. Wow, I know that. Although, surprising. although for, for, according according to the to the Big Baller himself. Big Better Business Bureau doesn't even exist no more. Triple B stands Triple for Big B Baller, Baller, Baller Brand. Brand. Here's the beauty. If you go through the complaints, it's not for your problem. No, it's not. Because everybody that had your problem is thrilled. They're like, yes, to be a part of this experience. Yes. This is exactly what I was hoping. But the complaints but- are the people that are being left out. It's true, but this poor schmuck that you're about to tell us about all of the, all of the complaints are are just got people not getting anything. Right, they like want they something. ordered months ago and That's they got the thing, nothing. They don't care what right. they got. Well, they, they just they want, want something. something. Yes, and, and to these people, I would say like Lamelo and Leangelo are across the the world Fight in Lithuania right now. They don't have time to be hand screen printing shirts out for Gildan you guys. Sweatshirts. So, yeah, look. So be. Quit being so selfish and just wait your turn, okay? They had to send me mine first, and right. it, it looked a little rushed, so I'm guessing they did that as they were leaving for Lithuania. You'll, you'll get yours in time. Um, but th- one of these complaints, there were a bunch of them. They weren't very good because, again, most people were just saying, I ordered something three months ago. It hasn't come yet. I, I wanted want my, it for I want Christmas. My, I want my stuff. Yeah, they stole my money. The best part is they don't have like a working contact number, right? So no one can actually get a hold of them to contact them about a refund That's or the anything. Best part in Lithuania, except for this person. This person was able to get a hold of someone. Um, they say, "quote This company does not offer refunds." I purchased two items and was told there would be a one to two week delay. I have been waiting six weeks now, and when I asked why it was taking so long, I was called a, quote, small baller. At this point, I believe they have decided to steal my money. First of all, you think. Uh, Second of all, this is just the best business plan ever because it's so true. Like, Quit being a small baller. The big baller lifestyle is about not caring whether or not you got your $50 sweatshirt because you don't care. You're a big baller. Or if you did get it, what it looks like. You don't care because you're you a big baller. If you, you carry spe- it off because you're a big baller. If you spent $400 plus on shoes, you didn't get that, your shoes that never showed up, you can't care about that, you small baller you. 
Just go pay another 400 bucks because you're a big baller, right? Ex- or, yeah, just buy some Jordans after that. You knew what you go were to getting the, into. Go to the Adidas tent sale. The, the idea was to support LeVar and the boys, not worry about whether or not you were that's getting right. a decent product. That's right. Preach it. Quit being a small baller. Preach it. Richard Skinner. I'm, 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 I'm a small baller. So I you are the Adidas definition tent. of a small no baller. Question. That's why I go to the Adidas tent sale, baby. Every year. Get my two pairs and move on. 49 bucks. Beautiful. I'm happy. That's they, beautiful. Yeah, I, I'm good with it. I'm good being a small ball. Did you check out the live stream on Facebook of their debut in Lithuania? I did not. How did that go, by they the way? Played a, they played a B squad, so it was like not the, the pros pros. It was like Basically like high schooler and, guys? Yeah, high school yeah, guys. like those yeah. type of guys. Like the tweeners? Um, Leangelo looks like he's put on about 15 to 20 pounds since he left UCLA. Of and pure muscle? No. Okay. He cannot move at all laterally. He is really slow. Lamelo looked pretty darn good, actually. Now, granted, Lamelo's good. With... with Within five seconds of checking into the game, he had launched a 35-footer and well, sure, absolutely that's, that's bricked big ball, it. That's big baller brand basketball, baby. Don't be a small baller. Don't be a small can't baller. Take, can't take a 22-footer. Dude, don't take no mid-range jump shot. And Are you serious? Uh, there's not a lot of defense going on, as you would that's expect. That's what I would expect. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, there were like... There were 60, more 70,000 people there were, on the stream. Oh, over 100,000 when I was watching, like 120. They're, they're out doing FS1, all, all FS1's talk shows. I, I, I think this podcast is out doing FS1, for goodness <laughs> sakes. Fastest growing podcast in the Cincinnati area there for you, college basketball. There you go. I like, I, I like it. Is there, uh, we need to check. Is there a best podcast on the City Beat Awards? I don't know. You'll have to check that. That's on you. Because oh. Mr. Mello. Yeah, because someone nominate us for that. Then you should vote if you're listening. Yeah, someone should nominate us for that because you got to be nominated for CDB, don't you? Yeah, yeah just well, write in. It's just write in. You write in and then you show yeah. up. Like I, Bearcat Journal showed up on best sports coverage. Oh, this was just a little humble brag. Let us know Bearcat it's Journal's right. up. So, I pick you so when well you done. go to vote, hey, that's big a, baller move. That's a big baller big move. Baller right move. There. When you go to vote for Bearcat Journal for best sports coverage, Put this you can up. also vote the Skinny Podcast Basketball Edition. edition. Yep. As best podcast. I like it. I mean, that was a very big baller move. Made it look like a team play. It got was sort of. Journal but, shout but, he out got his, he got his, yeah. but I'm, I'm good. But I'm for that because for we should game. be voted best podcast. I'm we should be voted. And we could be an award-winning podcast. Oh, my God. We could, could you imagine could how say that officially, couldn't we? Insufferable we would be if you put an award next to our name. Joseph Infinity presents the award-winning Winning Skinny, Skinny Podcast. Podcast. Skinny Podcast. Oh, that's, that's awful. Please vote for us. Please vote Please. for us. There's, we, like, we don't ask for much. There's like a thousand of you out there that are loyal listeners yes. of this podcast. That, I think a thousand could get that the job would, done. That, that was to win the City that Beat That would award. absolutely vote get it done. .citybeat.com. Vote.citybeat.com. Fill out everything. Nominate the Skinny Podcast Basketball Edition. While you're there, vote for Bearcat Journal Best Sports Coverage. Chad's yes. only Chad's only made 600 email accounts and gone through this process 600 times. Yeah, it's okay to though. It I out. like it yeah. though. He sees he, it, that's a big baller move, is it not? Yeah, that's how Bearcat Journal showed up. Absolutely, good work. <laughs> All right, boys. We'll, we'll be back on Sunday night for another hopefully award-winning podcast, the Skinny Podcast, sponsored oh, you know by what? Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati. Yes. If you nominate us and our name shows up, then we are an award-nominated podcast. Good point. I'm I'm good for just that, even if we I don't am win too. at this that's point. At least, that's at least something. That's yes. a feather in the cap. If we can get like six or seven of you to vote for us, I think we'll be on that the list. That, yeah, we'll that's be nominated. all it's take. Please do it. Yeah. Please do it. It's the Skinny Podcast. Pretty simple. And it's sponsored by Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati. Hey! hey. hey. For Chad Brendel of BearcatJournal.com, which is also up for an award, and for Rick Brewing of Musketeer Report, I'm Richard Skinner. That's, no, no awards for Musketeer Report. That's not yet. That's, that's, that's award-nominated, BearcatJournal.com. Bearcat exactly. We'll be back uh, Sunday night for another Hopefully, award-nominated or award-winning Skinny Podcast.